0: Hey, music makers, welcome back to Make More Music, the podcast that connects you to music and one another. My name is Chris. I'm a board certified music therapist, and welcome to episode 52 with Valwood Studios, which this episode was a real blast. Um, JT and Drew are some of my oldest musical friends. JT was the first bass player I ever played with in a band. We did multiple bands together. Drew and I did multiple bands together. We did multiple bands all combined. Um. So it's it was just really cool to reconnect with some high school buddies They have a new um, recording studio that Drew has built into his house And it is beautiful And it's right by our old high school And it's just cool It was cool to head back to Lexington not too long ago And we got some Waffle House And uh, just reconnected So you're going to love this episode Drew and JT are super cool it's been crazy, as you know. This episode's a long one, but uh, literally it's like the tidal wave of life has hit the Millet household. So just keep us in your thoughts and prayers and a uh, lots going on, good things. We got to take a vacation, which was amazing. But other than that, you know, it's just been wild. So out further ado, no more excuses, and no more caveats. This is episode 52 of Make More Music with Valwood Studios. Season three of Make More Music is brought to you by three great sponsors. I I wanted to tell you about them real quick. So I built a guitar and it is awesome. I have a companion blog post in the show notes that tells you about building a parts caster from concept to creation. And it tells you about the three great sponsors I got to work with. First is... Partscaster caster concierge Gary offers a truly concierge experience from build constructions and consultations to unfinished bodies and wooden pedal enclosures all the way to custom requests and fully custom builds he offers traditional styles as well as unique one-of-a-kind DIY experiences with guitars that wouldn't traditionally have a bolt-on neck with a parts caster style build second is Porter pickups Brian and his team have been winding pickups focused on finding you the right sound and winding with a purpose. Their five-person shop offers consultation through their online pickup chooser form to help you get closer to the sounds you're looking for. They sound killer. They just launched an entry-level affordable line called the Gatekeeper, so if you're looking for something to try for the first time, look them up. Our last sponsor is Gun Street Wiring Shop where they create wiring harnesses for your guitar needs with simple, elegant instructions to help even the first-time solderer like myself get the sound they're looking for. He's not into promoting parts myths, mojo, and magic. He sells circuits, and their customer service is top-notch. From basic upgrades to wild enhancements, Gun Street has got what you need. As I said, all the links are in the show notes, and you'll hear me blab about it more. But if you want more, look there. All right, back to the show. cool well i would say welcome yes it but is. you all have welcomed <laughs> me here welcome here and we've already been hanging out for almost two yep two hours so uh let's tell everyone what you got at waffle house. <laughs> so waffle house <laughs> preface the reason i got fat in high school and early college and You went quite a bit. You went with us quite a bit. On Mondays. Oh, yeah. We would still go for school.
1: We'd go to Common Grounds and then go to Waffle House. Oh, gosh. Do open mic night. Yeah, that.
0: And um, and then I would usually go two or three more times that week with Brett.
2: (laughs) So that's (laughs) why I got fat.
0: Yeah, I was only like a once a weeker. As a sane person might be. <laughs> <laughs> For With
2: occasions. a decent
1: metabolism.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And you're still small. So mm. I've been intermittently fasting, so the first thing I put in my body today was an All-Star special. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Breakfast of champions, man. Hey, it's
0: like 3,000 calories. Oh, gosh. Uh, Drew, you got an All-Star, right? Yes. Scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. Waffle. Hashies.
3: Sausage. What did you get, JT? Uh, cheese steak melt with hash browns. Oh, and you got sausage in the hash browns, or did you cut it up? No, I just you're all left open. <laughs> oh, I thought I saw them in there. Yeah,
0: interesting. Well, Waffle House is the best, and I feel very sorry for any listeners anywhere in the world, which is a considerable amount of listenership that has no access to Waffle House. Did you know they're not really? They're only really around. The South. Yeah. I guess it makes sense,
1: but it's just too bad for everybody else.
0: Yeah. I had this idea in high school that I wanted to write a book. This is before I found out about music therapy and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I said, I'm going to write a book where I'm going to go to every single Waffle House and just write a story about what happened to me at each Waffle House.
1: How many are there?
0: I think there's like 2,000.
2: Yeah.
1: I did see about an older couple who's been to every single Cracker Barrel except for one. Oh, why one? They're just holding the, out at I, that I point. don't know. I think they were going to make the trip sometime, hopefully.
0: COVID. <laughs> Can't get to that last Cracker Barrel. <laughs> that is buck wild. <laughs> All right. So I'm hoping this one's a nice and loose one. Um, so backstory is, gosh, I think... JT, you were one of the very first people outside of band, like the class, with other random people. You were the second person I ever made music with that wasn't like my dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew Rowe. Mm. I I made friends with him because he was the other guy in sixth grade that picked up a guitar that year. And he said, I know this guy that plays bass. And you know, I had already learned sweet child of mine at this point, so I was very confident in my skills and thought, "Andrew, this guy's like not going to be good at bass like."
1: I'm can like he flash even here. play? Can he Yeah, yeah, can yeah,
0: my tone through this Digitech RP50 is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I sound just like him through this Squire 2 Fat Strat. Um and then you came over and you said, "I I think I asked you or somebody asked you, like, can you play any Black Sabbath? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And you go, yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't have a strap. And then we were like, and we don't have chairs. And we were in Andrew's garage (laughs) and you laid on the ground and played NIV, the whole bass solo. And I was like, you were my musical soulmate. (laughs) And Not only did he do it, but like,
1: he had to like improv his whole approach. You know. It was Buck wild. You know, you
0: adapt. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: As any good musician does. Yeah, exactly.
0: I literally was like, Who The show must go on. Is this crazy red haired kid? <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> and then uh I don't know, it, maybe a year later, two years later. I don't remember exactly when, but as you do oh, this was probably a while later. Did we meet in high school? Yes. Yeah. So we met in seventh grade, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we met in ninth grade,
2: pretty sure. Freshman. What do you
0: remember about that then?
1: About what? Meeting each other.
0: I remember our first shows together. I do remember that. I think I just like showed up at your house one day and there was a band practice. That sounds about right. Trying to remember. Was Godspeed our first interaction or before that? Probably before that. Just barely, though. Did you play for Vard and
3: Fall ever? No. Oh, fill-in gig. That was, the, that was outside of the strip mall that you just that showed up. That was a show. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Outside of the strip mall? You don't remember that? He just wandered up because we Doug was playing with us. <laughs> and he couldn't make it. And so but, out of the blue, Drew walks up. So,
1: I, yeah, I filled in with you guys at the Collie show, but we knew each other. Before that, but that was pretty much the first time me and JT were around each other. I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh wow! And then really became musical soulmates. Yeah, you've got a knack for that, JT. (laughs) (laughs) Becoming people's (laughs) musical soulmates. (laughs) Uh, When you you, when
1: you adapt like he
0: does, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, when you can lay on the floor in seventh grade. (laughs) (laughs) So we were laughing about that earlier. Is. I think all of our parents put up with a lot of mediocre music that they did not love. (laughs) Like, they also did not like the music we were mostly covering. I think they were okay with it. But we played the Misfits in your dad's living room.
3: Oh, yeah. Just the
0: guitar and the bass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: Two-minute songs
0: for, like, hours and hours
3: and hours. Yeah, it's just it's the repeat button, I think, that you got to give them credit for golly the tolerance
1: i mean i give mine credit for the banging
0: yeah yeah it's they stuck melodic. you in the basement though so that was good
1: yeah but my dad would be down there a lot yeah. watching football games and listening to his home theater system
0: i don't even really remember your house that well i but i vividly remember that that uh storage room right yeah that we played it like laundry had the, had yeah.
1: the washing machines in there you could we had amps on the washing machines was our i'm was just a, trying the to remember we had that really CD sweet system yes
0: we had and, that really sweet band that had like two practices through the veil vale. remember yes
1: that? Oh, oh dude i've i probably talked to timor about yeah. that not long ago i think he looked up that song the single that we did that
0: like
3: dragon force
0: riff off we wrote <laughs> that had a ska part yeah. in the middle yeah, of it
3: exactly like prepubescent scream yes. or something
0: yep that's what it was yeah. wow that's a track when when michael tyree and chris millick joined forces yeah <laughs> yep oh lord okay so and seth
1: was supposed to play in the band too
0: yeah he never came to practice <laughs> You mean the one practice (laughs) thing? I thought we did two, didn't we? Maybe two. I don't know. We wrote the song, and then I think we recorded it the next time. Yeah. Well, we're already getting off the rails. So, to kick things off, let's do some rapid fire, some icebreakers. You all ready? Mm. Gotta be, I guess. (laughs) JT, what's the last song you listened to today? You can pull it up on a device. Yeah, I might have to. Go ahead and cue yours up, Drew.
1: Well, does that include... Did we listen to music? I mean, we'll yeah. I mean, on the way home, here, you know, ours would be the same because we drove together. That's and okay. We were playing music. Well, what was it? It was uh, the chant by Gojira. Okay, is off of their... their newest album. Yeah, came it was out like, just a couple weeks ago, or whatever it was.
3: Yeah, I had that.
1: I listened to that album when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it on loop. I, I don't. I think I may have listened to it maybe over 10 times
2: Mm.
1: and then and it has been long and i you know i was like okay i'll google some other stuff but i keep throwing it back on
0: nice i haven't listened to i haven't listened to heavy music in a while
3: should what'd you say you said tessellation oh tessellation the mild high club i don't know anything about that yeah what are they it's how do you describe it you know for a lifelong musician i'm terrible at describing music (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah, very mellow, very mellow, very 90s ish. Oh, okay. Are they know. a 90s band? No, oh, <laughs> no, just all the modern bands that are throwing it back. It's got that Mac Marco sound, yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, actually, right.
0: that's good. That's good. All right, you can take this as specific or as vague in general or as philosophical as you want to take it. But if you were an instrument, what would you be and why? Mm. I'd,
3: I'd have to go with. This Spanish guitar, man. Oh. That's caught me at a young age, you know. Really? Yeah, classical guitar.
0: What would you, what draws you to it? Just your connection to it? Or what do you think it resembles of you?
3: It's so moody. Mm. You know, you can play, I think you can play the saddest songs on a classical guitar. Mm. uh, The most romantic. You just like
0: flooded back a lot of memories of like, oh yeah, he used to do that a lot. (laughs) Yes, he was good at it. So I don't know know. if you still do that, but yeah,
3: very, very yeah, very emotional instrument, you know. Mm. Chris,
1: did you study
0: any classical guitar? That's what I did as my primary in college. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, the fingernails are long gone.
3: Yeah, that's tough, man. The vampire nails I keep all the time. Hated
0: it. Hated it. I'll tell you a story about that. But what's your instrument before?
3: Oh
1: man. So I think. You might think I would say drums, because that was my first instrument. He already
0: swore from bass, so let's right. See.
1: But mm-hmm. but I think <clears throat> it may be a piano because the rhythm is my first thing. Mm. But you, it's like you can't tell mel- a yeah. full musical story without the melody too, though, in mm. a sense. But piano, I mean, it's you, percussion, right? Yeah, and that's okay. So maybe maybe piano. But it is a,
0: kind of the best of both worlds, and you've put in a ton of effort since the last time we hung out <laughs> ten years ago or whatever. I was like, man, this guy is really good at piano now. So trying, I guess. What kind of stuff do you like to play, like for fun?
1: Um, so for fun on piano, I've been learning um, the carousel of life on House Moving Castle. Okay, it's it's, it's hard. <laughs> um, Let's see.
0: I was just talking to somebody recently about um, there's a really good piano version of songs from uh, Final Fantasy X. Yeah. And that reminds me, it's like that Yeah. Song, but that two Xanarkand two or whatever. Da, 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 yeah, there's a really good, that would be a sweet piano one to do.
1: There's so many good ones. Um, you Got It Bad by Usher I've been doing right now. All version. right. Usher, sh- baby. I'll show you if you want later. Is that
0: third grade or fourth grade? I'm
1: trying to remember. I think that was more like sixth grade ish. You got it bad was
0: way earlier. Well,
1: maybe it was, but I didn't start listening to it uh, until then. I was about and to say, I got hooked on Usher for, for a sec back in, in middle school.
0: Yeah, real good.
1: Um, uh, what's uh, the Bobby Caldwell?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I'm blanking on the, the name.
2: I'm lost on this one. I'm
1: stupid. I w- I wouldn't forget. Don't talk was... about yourself. Like that. If, uh, <laughs> if I didn't have a microphone in front of me, I would be. It'd be easy to.
3: That's a tune what, you've been what you. What you won't do for love? Yes. I, I don't. I don't know
1: enough. I'll, I'll play that one for you okay. later. Um. So there's, there, can... so there's some fun songs. Yeah. That I've been doing lately. Uh, Take Five by Dave Brubeck. Okay, so you're all over the
0: that place. Thing. Yeah. That's the bad
1: And I've been playing Zelda Song of Storms. Man,
0: I love this. Yeah. <laughs> this is a nice eclectic yep. uh, bunch. And then the, uh,
1: how do you pronounce her name? Imogen Heap? Imogen Heap, yeah. Um, What we were just looking at. The vocoder. Yeah. That's so freaking um, fun. <laughs> hide and seek, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's good. Well, doesn't have to be music related at all, but if it is, that's totally cool too. S- something that's been inspiring you recently. Mm.
3: Got a new puppy. <laughs> what kind of puppy? It's a little chihuahua Jack Russell mix Oh wow. That's a lot and of energy the vi- yeah, the vivacity of that thing. It's a good word for yeah, it. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> it's uh you know what's c- the dog's name? Tootie Ann. Tootie Ann. Tootie Ann. As yeah. you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As you do when you're a what do you call that? Wawa.
3: Yeah, like chihuahua. <laughs> Tur- tr- 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 yeah. Tr- Russell? Tr- Russell. I kinda
0: like Charussel.
3: Tr- that's good.
0: That's good. A trussle, a vivacious terrestle. Uh
2: True, <laughs> what about you?
1: Mm, inspiring me lately. Should I go musical or unmusical?
0: You could do both if you feel let the so spirit So, unmusically,
1: move me. I've planted a couple of flowers around here. So, what kind? um, I just got a Siberian iris from my backyard, which is going to be awesome, I think. When it's supposed to bloom really soon. It's kind of like a bluish purple. Mm, right. So I'm a person who likes to wear black clothes a lot, but I need some color in my life. So I was like, well, I can plant some colorful flowers around my house like you saw at the walkway. It's good. Just to brighten things up. A hair.
0: <laughs> we've, we've got some uh, hanging plants. I never remember the names of any flowers, but... They have been hard to keep alive. Hmm. I'm like, that overwatering, underwatering balance, man, is driving me crazy. One of them is.
1: Apparently, that thing's supposed to be oh, fairly low maintenance, I think, as far as just give it some water, give it some sun.
0: We got a, uh, what's, that one? what's that one called? A fiddle leaf fig. Dude, that thing is fun. Like, I didn't think I was going to care, but watching the new little leaves sprout up is like really like, yes, because that one's another, man. it's another like fickle. Like I like the first one, our dogs destroyed <laughs> the second one. um Just from Lowe's, it's been doing really well, but I, I water it like once a week, but I have to like check like every day, mm-hmm. the finger mm-hmm. and the soil and stuff. And so
1: JT's a green thumb, you know, mm-hmm. it's got a bit of, a, that's my old job. Yeah. Bit of a green thumb.
0: I remember. <laughs> <laughs> In all the connotations, <laughs> you know, that's good. Uh, you said musically, though. Oh, oh man, dude. Gojira.
1: Yeah, a lot right now. Um,
0: you said you're starting to get some more gigs again.
1: I played one over at Mirror Twin the other day. Hmm. Um, it was it was kind of cool. It was I mean it was great to play and everything. Also, it's hard to sometimes play a setting like that when I feel like my music is a lot more just melancholy in a sense, and it's a bright, beautiful, sunny day out, and people might want some upbeat and happy stuff just because it's the weekend, and I'm like over here brooding in the corner <laughs> yes <laughs> a little there's bit. like a storm cloud literally <laughs> <laughs> like woodstock it's yeah just like, but
0: it's like this is what i like um I'm sorry i have to feel
2: i'm an artist <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so good
0: uh
1: um, hopefully the next maybe in, i'm trying to play something next where maybe over at uh what's that um bluegrass not bluegrass Tavern. that was, Elkhorn Lounge or something, some place with like a fireplace, you know, kind of. Uh,
0: not a I place where you feel like you need to play only Wham covers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: it's just wagon wheel and repeat. Yeah.
0: Hey, you know, you probably make a I lot
3: had, of money. I
1: had to
2: request <laughs> yeah. that mirror
1: twin for Bob Seger, and I was like, oh. Uh, he didn't play any. I don't know any. I, I mean, I it. I could sing along to a Bob Seger song, but I don't. I don't know any.
0: Bob Against Seger. the wind, dude. What a freaking. Slap bop, as the kids say. A fire slap. (laughs) Sounds like such a dad. (laughs) What a fire slap bop. What a slap bop. I tell you what. 100. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So what is a... This can be related to something you do in your life, like musically, or just something that you do that you feel like people should know about. Like all of your dad's pearls of wisdom, for example. Yeah. Uh, A pro tip or a life hack that you do that... you're an ambassador for people
3: learning that, that life hack. Mm. Everything. I'm such a DIYer. Mm. I will say you, you have at your fingertips, every YouTube video, how to do anything. So true. Anything that, Very true. you know, and the people that know will love to tell you how to do yeah.
0: things. No, that's so true. And you know, what's funny is you might not know this, but, Growing up, I all you like took wood shop and then I felt like every time I tried to do something like sort of DIY growing up, I'd like screw it up and then I was like, ah, gotta get JT to fix this. <laughs> <laughs> like like I wired my pickups backwards on accident, but had no idea what I did. And then like I think you did our, our first recordings for Godspeed, like oh, on yeah. Audacity or something mm-hmm. like that. Like Adobe
3: Audition or something.
0: Yeah. And so what's true about what you said too is the past couple of years, honestly, like being an adult, and like it started with simple stuff like, uh, "Ooh, my uh, lawnmower is broken." Like, "Oh, uh, what do I do?" Or my car window keeps falling down. <laughs> but like YouTube, man, especially car trouble yep. mm-hmm. on YouTube. Like, I'm still very car ignorant. Well, but you do—we've got a YouTube. Video. We've
1: got three musicians here. When you are a musician's income. You're, you just have to do yeah. it yourself. Yeah. You just yeah. have Figure to. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah.
0: Necessity. It's not going to the dealer. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no. It's so that's good. good. I dealer. like that. DIY or die.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Okay. Uh, big swerve. Go to junk food.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah, I used to love Flaming Hot Cheetos. Gosh. Like, I'd eat swallow them whole, vacuum them up. <laughs> but <laughs> 30 hits you quick, and that 30 stomach hits you quick. I, I'm still going to answer that Flamin' Hot does The puffs. Mm. You got to be picky about Oh, the puffs? Puffs or the fries, yeah.
0: The fries, man. Andy caps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Nothing makes me think of high school... I think quite more than like a Gatorade or a Pepsi and Andy Capps hot fries from that. Mm, from the sh- store. The Stop and Rob. Yeah. That's mm. cool. I
1: had some of those not too long ago. Remember?
0: Hot fries? The, that, that brand. Andy Capps.
3: Pretty mm. sure. Remember I brought them home? Oh, I yeah. used to yep. draw
0: that guy. Like I would yeah. doodle the Andy Cap
3: Wasn't he like a British cartoon? I think so. Yeah. yeah but
0: like, he was just one of my recurrent doodles. Oh. I only have like 10 things I draw like well on the, uh, on the spot. The S? Yes. Yeah, that sweet <laughs> metal chain S. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just a tattooed class. on my leg now. No, <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised. DIY or die. Mm. Uh, what's your go-to junk food?
1: So, like, Bluebell cookies oh. and cream ice cream. Cookies mm-hmm. and cream, okay. Have you had the wedding cake? Uh, probably not, no. It's really
0: good. Is it
3: Bluebell? Like, yeah, Bluebell wedding make.
0: cake. And then okay. they also had a Mardi Gras king cake. When?
3: Does it have a baby in it?
0: It no. We bought real king cake this year though, mm-hmm. and that was great. And it did have a baby. And my daughter Marley was like, "Why is Jesus in the cake? Why is baby Jesus?" In it's like, I don't, I don't know. Lent or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, lastly, somebody, a uh, musician, an organization, somebody that you think deserves a shout out, person, project. Mm. Could be somebody y'all are working with or not. Either way, somebody's doing something cool.
3: Eric Valentine. Ugh. I got to give it to him with the wealth, knowledge, and experience that I, I've learned you know, from him for the, f- the free information that he gives out on YouTube and elsewhere. Um, yeah. Hardcore DIY or two. Mm. So I got to give it to him.
0: Hey now, he's an all star. Got to give it to him that. I too. was waiting yeah. for you to get the whole thought out <laughs> before I did it, but
1: I'm going to bring it a lot more smaller scale, and say, and maybe this you know lead us to some other talking points. But uh, Brianna Pastrano, mm-hmm. that we're uh, we got here at the studio working with a little bit, singer son- songwriter. Um, she's kind of a pop artist. Okay, and. The Stuff that she's got coming out, it's uh, fire slap bops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna brag on uh, ourselves a little bit just because we've been producing it with her and it's cool, man. Like, I can get down on some of the pop music today, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bruno Mars and stuff, like, yeah, he's put out great music. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of just plain cookie cutter pop music, right? Mm. But her stuff's really cool. Mm. So like it.
0: Yeah. Well, walk me through then from your all's perspective, like what were some of your first musical memories as a young child? What what did you first gravitate towards? The sounds around you, the people influencing you, both like people you know in life, but also some musicians and things like that. Uh we'll start with you, Drew. First influences. And just musical memories. Like what do you remember from being like a little kid? A little kid.
1: Yeah. Okay, so here's what I got. Let's go. Now, and this is, it's really, it's a little weird with um, my music that I'm doing now. It's a lot of it is going back to those very early musical memories.
0: Mm. That's just psychology.
1: Yes. <laughs> and two things. Number one would be 90s dance stuff like LaBouche, uh-huh. you know. Um, what songs
3: are LaBouche? I know the name. Want to be my lover? Be um, my
2: lover. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. Snap, rhythm as a dancer, you know? Rhythm I, is a dancer. Okay, dance I was like, I know dance.
2: all these names. Yeah, yeah I you need, know it. Yeah. I need a little bit more context.
1: <laughs> so when that stuff was coming out on the radio, I don't know. When I think back on it now, like that, that was my childhood. Because you
0: had an older brother that was playing yep. that kind of stuff. Nostalgia right there. How many years older is he? Adam's three years older than me. Okay, so yeah, yep. you definitely would have been.
1: That stuff... Which I'll get to some of his other stuff, too, later. Sure. Um, so that, my dad's music, mm-hmm. um, which included a lot of New Age stuff,
2: mm.
1: which you probably heard when he used to, like, blast Yanni. Yeah, I was about yep. to say, is Yanni the prime? And, and right now, my a, lot grandma of my, a lot of Yanni.
0: my music is
1: going to those two things Crap, quite I'm, a bit. I'm Yanni now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Dude! <laughs>
0: you do have the mustache. Um,
1: and then, and then, so those two things definitely first kind of things. And then, um, hearing and getting stuff from Adam, mm-hmm. like Led Zeppelin and, and Metallica, and mm. maybe actually not so much Led Zeppelin, that was more from Sherwin, but Metallica, Black Sabbath, and ACDC.
0: Mm. There it is, right the there. gateway drug. You know, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. And AC/DC then, Prague. was a big gateway Just... <laughs> drug for me. Yeah. Uh, what were you, some of your early ones? We'll get back to the prog. Yeah, thing. you're good. Yeah. yeah. Um,
3: I'd go to my dad's in the summertime. He'd go to work all day, be stuck at home. Like all summer, right? Yeah. 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 So then I'd uh, dig through the back of the closet, just bored as could be, and uh, closet under the stairs. And he'd have this egg, you know, not egg crate. He'd have a, a milk crate full of vinyls I'd rummage through. And it's, you know, every kid's first discovery of classic rock, mm. you know, Jimmy, he would be Al Green, um, tons of Rush, you know, Genesis, all that stuff. So, mm. you know, that bled into me heavy early on, mm. you know. And I mean, I think Tom Sawyer was like the first bass line I ever learned. So, oh, snap. Yeah. So it it's st- still
1: st- on my answer machine. <laughs> if you call me i don't answer like
0: 20 years later oh. still tom sawyer is that like one of those playbacks or did you just record i recorded it? it man back in high school that's a throwback you've had the same like number for that long yeah Wow. <laughs> i've had like a lot of phones since then i and think i've had numbers. one number oh i had a lot of those like uh drug dealer phones we'll burn a phone <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so. track phones got three of them got stolen at Tate's Creek
3: what are mm. you gonna do with those things you know like steal them and then what I guess deal drugs <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah steal so them and then got a limited prepay text for after your 9 minutes PM. text seven yeah. <laughs> people <laughs>
2: then be mad that you're out of yeah. money
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh so you mentioned ba- getting a base. uh when did that happen for you? And
3: did was that something
0: you initiated? Did you want that, or
3: I don't even know why I wanted it to be honest. But
0: you did it, ask for a bass,
3: I guess so. It <laughs> <laughs> just was in your life. I, yeah, that's how you I know, felt about even, the guitar. I guess it blinked and then it happened. It, uh, yeah, Christmas at age thirteen. It's a good, good age to start. Um, I took two lessons that my mom signed me up for. They turned out to be she signed me up for classical guitar instead, so I took a bass to it. <laughs> he looked at me real funny
0: and then uh, <laughs> took two that's of those really funny yeah. was that at Wilka or uh, Willis I
3: was like uh, Don Wilson or something oh, okay. yeah.
0: even funnier like of all the places too. Yeah, like so that's not the place that would do it we
3: well. talked about interview with the vampire for the first lesson for about 45 minutes and then trying to relate it to music I guess he was trying to do um, nice guy trying but, to relate to a teenager yeah <laughs> so, a
2: vampire-less to, yeah
3: yeah <laughs> Hit the launching pad there, and um, and I was you know I was like the internet is here, tabs are the everywhere. Yeah, so it's two thousand
2: two.
3: We were talking about CandyStand <laughs> I used to play that
0: CartoonNetwork.com oh, yeah. games, man. The,
3: the edit Ed and Eddie one and that the Cow and Chicken fun. game. Yeah. Mm.
0: yeah, my wife and I watched very different cartoons growing up. She was like a Disney Channel kid. I was like, man. It was like all That's Disney originals. You want to talk about cheesy? Yeah. We watched Luck of the Irish not too long ago. <laughs> that is rough. It is a rough rewatch. <laughs> Did not age well. It's like, ooh, there are not any other movies to watch on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
0: that is good. So, um, you know, you get hooked by the internet bug. You start learning. What kind of stuff are you learning first? Mm. I remember you liking Nirvana.
3: Yeah, I went through met. so many. Yeah, grunge phase, hippie phase, classic rock phase. You know, I went through it all, and then now it's everything phase. Um, I learned even, like, random video game. Yeah, you know, that's You that's... It's so middle school. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, you know, middle it's Zelda. I'm gonna learn. Natural the Zelda. progression, yeah.
0: And there was a lot of good Zelda music to learn. Yeah,
3: and bass lines, cause you know, it's,
2: it's a video game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool. So um I know that this kind of intersects between all of us, but I always like to hear like how you first started like making music with other people, some of the band names that you will are in. And that might be a good time to ping pong back to you on your kind of early musical stuff. But, uh, JT, where was that? Like when we met in the garage, was that the first Andrew. time you had done much music stuff with anybody else? First thing,
3: first time ever. Yeah. I think Andrew ran up the street cause it was like not even a block away. Yeah. It was like
0: six houses. Yeah. So
3: he's yeah. like, hold on and ran up, came to my front door and then I came down to you guys and, uh, What was the, do we have a band name for that?
0: Um, I think I changed the band name every week. (laughs) (laughs) I kept keeping it fresh. Mafia, The Skulls was a big one. Wow, we were
2: intimidating.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, There were a few more, but I think I stuck with Mafia for the longest. But that did become Kali. Mm -hmm. That band became Kali, you know. Andrew in seventh grade wanted to take football more seriously than yeah. probably
3: got a girlfriend or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I learn guitar for? Not that.
0: <laughs> so yeah. And then, yeah. Then, then came Kali and we like, uh, struggled through eighth grade, but like ninth grade, we started like getting shows and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. So, uh, what was that experience like being a teenager and like the bass player and joining in a band like from your perspective what were you thinking and you were pretty obsessed with music like all of us too like Mm. we were i mean i feel like i only talked about music like i was like interested in one thing
2: Mm.
0: (laughs) and it's like i can't i would either go to your old's house or be at my house playing guitar eight hours
2: that day
3: (laughs) so (laughs) i mean i remember actually buying a guitar first that's what it was cheapest guitar ever biggest hunk of crap um but everybody needs a bass player so it was the natural progression of that um i remember everybody needing a bass player so that's how i met other people they'd ask around and say do you know any bass players i think um my name probably comes drew same same for him when everybody needs a drummer
0: yeah there were not many of you all i think you were the only bass player i knew And you were the only reliable drummer. (laughs) I knew knew, like three drummers, and you were the only
3: reliable one.
2: Yeah,
1: Um, I just knew friends. Yeah, and
0: then Timor eventually.
1: Yeah, and y'all are still friends with Timor. Oh
3: yeah, oh yeah, see him all the time.
0: That's funny. Uh, He's like the two bass players (laughs) I knew growing up.
1: They're still the only two I know. No,
0: (laughs) essentially, yeah. So Drew, you said. Adams giving you these albums. And at what point did you say like I have to do something with this? I need an instrument, I need drums. Like what made you pick drums and how did that happen?
1: So, when I went to LTMS for middle school hmm. in 6th grade, I was just in a general music class. Mm-hmm. And the music teacher was the band director, yeah. right, for that. And she was like, "Teed that up." She was yeah. like, "Hey, you're pretty good at this. Um, we need like percussionists for the band." Do you want to join? I was like, sure. What, like,
0: what a middle school answer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was cool. It was it was either between that or trombone. But mm. when I got there, she was like, We need percussionists. And I was like, I think that'd be cool. Um and uh so that was sixth grade. I got my first drum set, I think Christmas of seventh grade.
0: Um How fast was the dive down the rabbit hole at that point? Were you all in? Immediate. Yeah,
1: it was like immediate, dude. Yeah, I just.
0: I mean, by the time I had met you in ninth grade, you were significantly good for a ninth grade drummer.
1: All I did was practice. Yeah, yeah, that's like all I wanted to do. Mm. And I mean, that like going back,
0: my parents dealt with a
1: lot
0: of bad sound. Yeah,
1: a lot of playing.
3: Yikes,
0: that is funny. Oh. Uh, you know, I, in sixth grade, I signed up to play percussion in band. And it literally said, nope, too many percussionists. What else do you want to play? And that's how I started playing trumpet.
2: Mm. <laughs>
0: literally. And I was like, I liked What a Wonderful World when I was growing up. Yeah. So I started <laughs> playing trumpet. So, but hey, Louis Armstrong is still my favorite trumpet player. Heck yeah. Yeah, like the Hot Sevens and stuff like that. Freak, I love that old school jazz. Um so for you, you're woodshedding on your own a lot. What was the like growing up in bands kind of thing for you all, from your perspective? So
1: basically, you know, I played in the middle school band. Yeah, yeah. And then also went to that was where I met Michael in, in middle
0: school. Y'all both went to LTMS. Yep. Oh, did Sherwin go there too? Yep. Okay, so that is yep. how you all connected. Okay. Yep.
1: So I mean, me and Michael Sherwin, and then Chris Turner, our buddy back then. I don't, I don't know if you ever met him I don't know him. if I remember that And That name um,
0: sounds vaguely familiar But I don't know
1: Yeah I haven't seen him in I don't know how long But uh We would just jam And then Me and Michael would Just play with it Like we just formed bands You know Until we got to
0: Some of your best band names <laughs> Oh man <laughs> That's always the best part Okay
1: ready Yes Let me see Uh And tell me if this was Anything from the past Because I mean Jeez uh, genocide.
0: Wow, coming out of the gate, hot. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> what else? That
1: was only for like a half a second. <laughs> Two days. Um,
0: <laughs> Realized that World War Two is not that. I cool think time. Hania. Hania. <laughs> I think so. That name sounds. I familiar. would just
1: like, and then there was through the veil. <laughs> I would just like that was go on after I, like we had a band name and just make a MySpace page. So there's so many dead
0: MySpace pages somewhere. and That still take (sighs) 10 years to load because of all the HTML. (laughs) 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 It's like, why did you need that much background?
1: But then we got to high school and we both liked Dream Theater Mm. and Rush. And we were like, let's let's form a band like that. And I was like, well, I think JT likes that stuff too.
3: Mm. You know, I actually didn't until... We started playing and then it it i mean i like rush but i yeah. never heard dream theater or anything like that deep prog you know yeah until then <laughs> Real down the rabbit hole <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and uh yeah it was a natural chemistry too yep yeah mm.
0: it was immediate that was what 10th grade
1: y'all started doing that pretty much <laughs> yeah like maybe ninth something and y'all kept tenth, up something. with that
0: for a long time
1: yeah, well, and then they had all the You've changed
0: names a
3: bunch, yeah. but... Yeah, so that
1: was Paradigm starting out, mm-hmm. Intersecting Horizons, Paradigma and then The Past, right?
3: Yes,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's not that many names. It's still too many. I like that Buffalo album artwork you all did. I've
1: got the original mm. right over there, that which article. you should look at. It's, I it's see it. beautiful.
0: Yeah. I like... I like buffalo so much for some reason. I think they're just, God,
3: I live a by, buffalo.
0: I live by a farm <laughs> that has buffalo. So I, when Dude. I drive to Shelbyville, I'm like, look at that. They're, they're, There's like seven of them in yeah. the field. And I'm like, what? Where do I live? This Crikey. is great. crop.. Yeah. <laughs> no alligators. Luckily. <laughs> saw a snake, saw two snakes in the past week. And I'm like, okay, it might be time, time to move. <laughs> Gone. We live in the air quote country. In Oldham County, but, um, yeah, that's good. So, um, walk me through basically all the years that, um, I didn't see you all from how, I know you did stuff with the Lexington Recording
3: Studio. Was that the name of it? Yeah. School of Recording Arts. Okay. So
0: Mm -hmm. walk me through as... You know, I kinda like got laser focused at the end of high school towards, you know, I'm going to U of L, I'm doing mm-hmm. this music school thing, and just kinda like did my thing. <clears throat> but you all A kept the band thing up for a long time. Yeah. And then um now we transition, we've been catching up, and there is this beautiful recording studio in your house. Your whole house is like a freaking musical playground. It's yeah. amazing. And then you. you're teaching. You're doing a lot of guitar repair and tech stuff too. Mm -hmm. So walk me through all the kind of ups and downs that made you basically decide how you wanted to get to here. Okay. And then also, I think too, uh, the ups and downs about like, sometimes when you were in this, sometimes when you weren't in it, or like struggles that you had going through it and stuff like that. Because, you know, we had hinted at it when we were talking earlier, but- doing something like this and owning a business as well as doing a lot of freelance stuff and you know, all the things that you got to do, y'all have definitely had to make a lot of conscious decisions to keep doing music things at a lot of junctures, which isn't easy. So, uh, I don't know, just wherever your mind takes you with that.
3: Um, for me, I mean, we went to a studio when we were 18 or 19, um, to do the single. Yeah, we we did. We had a couple studios before then, but I remember it just catching, mm. it caught a bug uh, with at the Spider recording. Studios. Yeah, Spider Studios we went. We had a, um, a couple smaller studios we went to before then, but just that process was it was I was enamored with. Mm. Um, what you know,
0: specifically, like, what were some of the things that you saw and the feelings that you were like, oh,
3: well, the pretty, all the pretty lights and you know. Nobs. shiny knobs yeah, yeah switches you know space station you stuff you've got a pretty sweet that doesn't sound good you got a pretty sweet <laughs> <didn't sound> <laughs> <a> rack <laughs> over there bro but you do
0: so just own it you know you yeah. gotta flaunt
3: it yeah man it's um yeah I'll, you know the toys for that it, mm-hmm. Um, i'm not much of a uh w- at least haven't and, and it's still not someone that really wants to tour the world sure and have the limelight fame and fortune mm-hmm for me, it's really exciting to either have a musical idea or see someone's musical idea through into fruition. Mm-hmm. You know, to to polish it into something beautiful. Because mm-hmm. for me, the most frustrating thing about growing up um, as a young musician is you have all these ideas stirring in your head, and if you can't play, you can play them or not. You know, they're still there. And for me, it was fascinating to see them become tangible. So mm-hmm. I think that. Um yeah, that was was uh kind of stuck. Mm. Yeah. That's good.
0: So, um out of all the different things that you do right now, what are some of kind of even the ups and downs of like the day-to-day type stuff that the the things that you're like I could do this every second of every day and then the other things that are like I do it cuz I got to do it a little bit or what is that? So uh, what are some of the, like, ups and downs on
3: a daily level? And then I'll, I want to walk through your story
2: after
3: mm-hmm. that. Um, I don't think anybody loves editing. You know? <laughs> it's not... It's, uh, it's satisfying, though, when it it's can, done. When it's done, mm-hmm. yeah. When it's clean and neat, organized. It's like vacuuming.
0: I love vacuuming yeah. for that same I don't actually love vacuuming. Yeah, but it's like hearing the I kind crumbs of come up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The dishes
3: I definitely don't yeah, like, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I love a clean... Yeah, that... It's... Um, tone chasing, I think for mm. me, you know, and like you bring it back to the guitar tech and repair, I mean seeing an instrument come to its full potential mm. and seeing how good something can sound that I can just do all the time. I can do mm. gear shootouts and tone chasing and experimenting, <laughs> and just you know uh, tracking is fun, but you know, I don't know, I guess I'm a bit of gear obsessed, <laughs> that's probably Amolish. it, yeah. Amolish.
0: Hey, music makers. I interrupt this interview to briefly introduce to you the Chase Bliss Audio Mood, a two-channel granular micro and delay. This backing track you're hearing now features my guitar and the whimsical glitches you can get at your fingertips with the mood. I recently partnered with Chase Bliss for teaching and introducing effects pedals to music therapists in my communities, mostly because I love their company culture, the products they make, and their approach to impacting all the different music communities they interact with. So if you haven't heard of them, you should go check out their stuff. You should listen to the recent episode with Joel Corti, the founder, episode 49, and check out their many other beautiful, awe-inspiring, creativity-expanding pedals at chaseblissaudio.com. All right, back to the show. That And that polish, it. that polish. Well, that's what we were talking about, too, is so a lot of people listening – maybe want to go back to Matt's episode where we talked about recording his album, but we have it coming out on vinyl soon. And a, that same process of like, I never thought I would find so much enjoyment out of helping someone else Mm -hmm. get their idea out. And like, I also like that aspect of like, Ooh, here's his song. Here's my idea for it. And I want to see like, how he responds to that Mm -hmm. and like seeing that. And I know y'all are doing like production work too. And I think that's so fun too, to like, ooh, you bring me this. And I want to throw a spin and see what you think about that spin. And between that and then for sure, like I was getting at, sending you those tracks to master for vinyl, I literally was like, like floored at like, you know, I don't, sometimes I think, you know, I'm intimately aware of it, I think it's perceptible, even if you're not intimately aware of it, but it's just like being intimately aware. I was like, wow, all the things that you did. I texted you like Mm. a ton, like (laughs) tell me everything, (laughs) but uh, just seeing how you work with that. Like I I really thrive on that as well. That like, I like to see something good and make it even great. Mm. Like that is even, I think more fun than I never really like that idea of working with something like meh and making it right okay. It's like
2: good Oof. enough, yeah. Yeah.
0: Which um, I mean, sometimes you got to do. That, yeah, yeah but, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's good. Well, Drew, let's walk back to um, you. You know what was going on towards the end of high school, where you, you we were talking at Good Old Waffle House. Yep, and you said, you know, like, I mean. I kind of hoped I would be doing something like I'm doing now. Like I don't know what else I'd be doing. So, like when you were graduating, you you kind of had a different path too, because you did. Did you do the arts admin program? Yes. Yeah. So walk me through like what you kind of thought you were going to be doing and those paths and things.
1: Okay, I'll try not to like. You phew, can be too long winded, but it's I, a podcast. I may be though with this stuff. So it kind of started in high school when I did the drumline. Sure. Right. Um, I also tried out for governor's school for the arts and I had a drum teacher like my junior year when I was trying out for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he brought, he started getting me. Did you get it?
0: No, I didn't get it either.
1: Um, So he had me doing a lot of the jazz and the world beat type stuff on drum set. And I was really great at that stuff, but you also for a percussionist had to know your scales and everything at that time Mm. being a non, like Miranda and stuff, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know my scale, so I didn't get in because of that. Hmm. So what happened, though, um, I loved taking lessons. His name was John Wilmarth, who I studied with for that time. And then he recommended, because I was I didn't know what I wanted to do at, in college, because I was like, I like music, but oh, yeah. uh, I don't think I want to be a performer be- because I wanted to focus on the band and not be like a percussionist in an ensemble in college. Sure. Which looking back, like that would have been cool too, you know. But I didn't want to do that exactly. So he was like, well, why don't you look into Arts Admin, which is like music and business stuff. And I was like, dude, I can totally use that to maybe help my band out. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of involved all the mostly nonprofit stuff. But I also had to do internships for that. So my first internship was at Shangri La Studios here in town, which is now um Lexington Recording Company. Is that
2: mm-hmm. would, yeah,
1: yep, uh, with Dwayne Lundy, um, who does a lot of stuff.
0: Um, I mean, uh, you said it like it was a name drop. So what is he? What would? He, what would I know? Or he's just a hot shot around here?
1: He, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty big name around here. Okay. Um, for kind of a lot of indie. Okay. Type. Music I'm just kind of ignorant and, to the scene, I guess. Um. So I had an internship with him and then I also had my second internship down at Busters, which is no longer down there. Sure. Now I'm Manchester Music Hall. So I had the studio sound and the live sound kind of for my two internships. I went on to work for Busters as sound guy and, and I bartended and stuff and did a ton of other stuff there too.
0: How's the experience of being the sound guy at a place like that? Awesome. It, it was awesome. <laughs> okay, uh, you're not dealing most with like, times. bands. Sometimes the, like, the guitar player. Oh, dude, trick. there, there
1: were <laughs> there were a few bands. I wouldn't say many. There were a few bands where you felt like you were walking on eggshells with some guys who were dicks and some egos. Maybe you know yeah. you did deal with that. It was there. Was bigger bigger acts would come through there too? Yeah, we had national. Oh, acts. that's pretty sweet. And and so it, the, usually the bigger ones
0: though. They had their own sound guys and riders and everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, yep. And so, like, they a lot of times they would take care of their own things that they needed, but, but you still had to deal with them. But uh, it was, dude. Buster's days were fun, man. I had, saw so many good bands there. That's fun. So many. So, we got saw paid Opeth to there. See all those good bands.
3: What got paid to see all those? Yeah, that is. A yeah, girl.
1: I was getting paid to see good bands. Um, I think Opeth was pretty much Like the a highlight. Sound. Well, That's the happiest
3: me. I've ever seen you ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you went <laughs> to the show in Columbus, right?
1: Yes. Okay. That you were at.
0: Yeah. That was fun.
1: Yeah. Right. But seeing him in my backyard where oh, I was totally. hanging out with them because I was their hospitality guy. <laughs> I can do this. Playing all pool. Day long. Playing you, pool with you guys them. That was one Green MM's. I yeah. Green M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That was fun. That was just a blast. And they played a ton of good songs like Deliverance and atonement
0: which i was just on the side stage for like just peeing your pants and throwing up at the same time like so excited i I could
1: i we could talk tons about all the cool shows i saw there it was it was fantastic
0: you want to hear a really random opeth fun fact yes shaden and i both have senior pictures of each other that are signed by michael ackerfeld (laughs) from that show Shaden asked if he'd sign our
2: senior pictures.
1: <laughs> him hold up the Oh wait a minute. Oh when he when he took the picture with us.
0: No, I have my senior picture of high school signed by Michael Ackerbelt and Shaden's senior picture. Because you brought it to that. It was in our wallets as a joke. <laughs> and Shaden's idea was, yeah, let's get let's get him to sign that. <laughs> Not like a CD. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sign this? <laughs> it's like, I mean, I know He's I like, love you and all, but I don't have any more money for merch. <laughs> I'm 16,
1: dude. I uh, bought a t shirt at that concert.
0: That's good. Yep, so got that. So you did the live sound thing yep. for a while. So live sound, studio keep, sound.
1: Keep um, and then I, and I was just trying to use all that stuff to promote my band, help my band. Sure. Which we then went on to start recording ourselves. We went to studios and then we were like, Let's record ourselves, you know, which we had, which we had do we been doing money for
0: or combination, kind of both. Yes, yeah. we
1: had been doing that for our demos with the the old Tascam, yeah, cassettes. You know, we had been doing that. Did we, were, did we use Audacity for that too, or was it something even stupider? Like uh, it was, when we first,
3: <laughs> it was like it was like the recording program on Windows. I don't even Windows know Windows Media like, Player. Like yeah. basically, yeah. we had. Uh, yeah every every medium yeah, yeah we could get it on to just to get demos but you know once we were live path- wire version of fruity Loops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when uh yeah when uh we started paying for studios then we we're like that's a lot of money mm-hmm. so yeah. you know that could buy by the time the drums or mic'd, you're yeah. done yeah and it's, spent four hundred dollars <laughs> yeah so it's uh you know you can buy the gear getting it to sound good after that for being 18 it's not easy mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, long journey. That is
0: good. Well, so starting your own company and studio like this, um, was that just a natural progression of how things were or how conscious was this decision of like, we're doing this?
1: Yeah, so um, I was living down at Park Avenue uh-huh. on campus mm. and we... Done a couple recordings there and stuff. And then... I want to try to get kind of the timeline right, but, but it doesn't really matter. I don't think too much. I was basically... I was working at Smith & Nephew. After Buster's closed, I had to get a job. Sure. Uh, ended up working at the company that my dad's at right now. Cool. As a, as a driver and stuff. And I was making good money. And I was like, well, I, could, I can buy a house. Um, and we were just like for the band. We wanted to buy that, like, a house to where we could practice, mm. rehearse, record. And so I started looking at a house with the purpose of like,
0: how is easily we could room, tinker it. Yeah. How easily
1: we could make it into a studio. Is the live room going to sound good? And I mean, we've done tons and tons of stuff to. I've knocked out walls, kind of thing, you know.
0: Look at you, Joanna Gaines.
1: Um. So then what happened we i mean we and it feel
3: free to jump in Mm -hmm. it's um well for me i mean i always had the thought in the back of my head you know well if we ever broke up i have a studio left over you know it's not it's not a bad um you know we didn't
0: even get to you going to the
3: recording uh, school of recording yeah um we don't have to dive too deep into that, but it, you know... Is it, that
0: what you did right after high school or what, what kind uh, of co- time frame? A couple
3: of years after high school. Okay. You know, I didn't want to rush into anything, but um, yeah, I mean, from early age, I was like, you know, if I'm going to do that, let's just do it. So mm. that was around the time that we th- had talked about um, recording ourselves instead of sure. keep going to studios and like, because the, the whole band idea is a long-term commitment, so... Yeah all long-term decisions, so. and y'all
0: were writing stuff all the time. Yeah, yep. I
3: mean, we had practicing at least three times a week. You know, it was yeah. it was often. So, um, that kind of just um, built the foundation for what we have now, and worthwhile because it gave us the experience to record, to tinker ourselves with. Yeah. our band without having to somebody come in. Sure, on a time crunch, you know, so give us the experimentation. Um, Play with sounds, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah it gives yeah. a ton of that time and a ton of that experience. So it gives a little bit of head start with that. Again, at YouTube time,
0: yeah. stuff starting to yeah. be a little bit more accessible. So you did that recording school program. Um, How much do you feel like that kind of a program really did kind of set you up for doing all these kind of things, Ver- like, and for... I always think of this show as, like, what would 14-year-old me think about, like, hearing about this this career path and Mm -hmm. stuff? So is that a kind of thing that somebody like us growing up that was obsessed with all this kind of stuff, would you tell them, like, yeah, it's a pretty good option? Or how would you tell them to, like, pick places and, like, what to expect?
3: Well, you know, if you are, what's the guy's name, the duck that has the pile of gold? scrooge mcduck scrooge, if you're, you know if you have if you're the heir of scrooge mcduck please mm. go to recording school <laughs> huey dewey and or Louie. yeah if you're I <laughs> <laughs> any of you them could. um but in all seriousness it it it, it for me i'm such a, a, a avid researcher all the time sure. you know it's just in my my nature to tinker and and um, research stuff on my own so yeah a lot of that i've kind of filled the fundamentals there, but it also filled in the gaps, you know, Mm -hmm. where if, you know, other things, I mean, it gives you practical experience, um, active experience. um, Which sounds like a big benefit to,
0: I mean, I've just audited a couple of those classes at a like more traditional university, but that was not as much of an experience from that. There was one day where we did live recording Mm -hmm. and then there was, um, yeah, we were working on some mixes and stuff with hand-holding and stuff, but more literally one day of a jazz quartet or quintet or something, and that was literally it. Hmm. And I'm like, I
3: want to play alt-country. Right. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. What do I do here? <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> yeah like the fundamentals you know like how do i make an actual drum kit right yeah what is this mic and what is a compressor compressor ratio yeah you know answer questions like that but it also filled in gaps of live sound music theory things like that sure um, all-encompassing that carried over but it in reality you know it's Mm experience-based you know like any trade you know you can go to school to be a plumber but until you Really get out there and get your better feet be plumbing. Wet. Yeah, you gotta know. Yeah. Plumber's gotta plumb. Yeah, so it's, um, so doing it yourself, i th- you know, back to the DIY, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it'll teach you so much. If you've got every musician has musician friends, they want to get recorded for free. Sure, just both benefit from learning something.
0: Yeah. So you definitely still would recommend, like, just try and get your feet wet as much as possible on your own definitely i mean yeah. it's
3: it's it, the gear is so accessible man you know you uh, and you it can, keeps getting cheaper luckily yeah i mean there's there's like uh sm58 copies any dynamic mic in a in a focus right interface you know for yeah some pocket change yeah you can yeah. do everything with that that's good that's
0: good well let's get into that, I was asking y'all, you know, what, what should we talk about? I was like, we could go wherever we wanted as people that have known each other for 16 years? Yeah, half our lives. 17 years? Yeah, it's Something crazy? Half our lives. Yeah. Um, we could go all kinds of directions, but as a studio, working with, you know, different people around town, and I'm interested specifically in this because the only person I really worked with right now so far is like a close friend. Um, what is it like now opening yourself up to, you know, okay, we're not recording ourselves anymore. We're helping this other person mm-hmm. produce their music. Or um, what is that relationship like? Because for me, in my perspective, I've kind of already realized I've mixed a few podcasts and mixed some music for other people. And, and I've also done my friend's project, and I highly. I think I was like, I don't know if I can ever do this for a living because I really only just want to work with someone who I feel like
2: mm-hmm.
0: a connection towards. Of like, I got really frustrated with like X person's other project that's like, er. Uh. When it's like with my friend, I was like, I can tell you, yo, dude, I think that sounds stupid. Or like, or like you were talking about earlier too. Like, uh, I know I'm blabbering here, but like, yo, Drew, it's your thing. If you want to do that, mm-hmm, you do your thing. And right. then it's like, humbling yourself too so it's how's it been opening your selves up to working with you know
3: clients technically mm-hmm. it's a people. bit half and half of um hospitality making mm. them feel an experience you know like when you go into a studio you pay for the money as a musician it's 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 like he me and me and drew talk about it. it's a vacation for us yeah it's an experience that we enjoy mm. and so it is very much hospitality to make people feel it's put, to put them in the best mood that they can be in to give the best performance that they can give. But at the same time, um, you have to earn their trust to be able to tell them like a close friend, like, I know you've got a better take in you. Mm-hmm. I know we can arrange the song better. Um, so it's a bit of a balancing act. You know, you got to say those things without spooling the mood <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they just get frustrated. Nothing happens. Yeah. Got to garner that relationship. um, well, what do you all do in those
0: original or those first conversations? What is something from your all's perspective that you do? Cause it's a two way street. It's not only sure. Yeah. We would like to earn money for this, but also we want to connect with you too. So what kind of ways are you vetting people for whether or not it's also a good fit for you? Not just like the next paying
3: thing. Right. I mean, Drew and I love, all types of music right i mean especially between us you know there's uh, almost everything that we love so especially being a local competitive studio you you do at the same time have to um play to your strengths sure you know we love everything but we come from a rock and metal background and we could really we we're very fluent with that so yeah easy Um,
0: to dial things in you're gonna work faster
3: right And for me yeah that's quick but you know like you said too we've been working on pop stuff which is refreshing and also keeps us creatively inspired because it's something new something yeah different something we can carry over a lot of i get excited about about her project that's cool that's a good feeling yeah. yeah
1: yeah um we also haven't i don't think we've turned away any potential client really like i mean um right now we were talking about like do we need to be marketing at this point and it's like well we're busy enough with everything that we don't we're not trying to like take on too many clients right now and stuff yeah, like that and the it's snowball like, just,
0: itself is gonna
1: yeah I and mean, word of mouth is good, good enough right now we've got different people that we know and friends and stuff that are recording things right now and you know if
3: yeah if you do honest good work People are going to come. It's it's kind of the, if you build it, they will come. Philosophy with that, you know. There you go. Word of mouth is is the best advertising you can get. Yeah, because you actually word of... yeah,
0: get the people that you want to, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, walk me through, like you said, you know, the experience that you're setting up and what, why someone would opt to come here compared to you know paying a big air quote studio, full-fledged, you know, not thing. Even though when I come into your all's house, I was like, holy crap, if this was my house, (laughs) this would be so great. But like, you know, what's your all's philosophies and like what sets you all apart about, you know, the way you conceptualize what you do in your music, but also like you were talking about too, the whole experience. So I don't know, Drew, do you want to ping off that first?
1: Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, me and JT between us, just, we have a lot of musical knowledge, And we've also been to some big studios, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and seen what they can do. Kind of get a
0: little bit of both, honestly. Mm
1: -hmm. um, And there is a gear aspect. Like, there is gear that makes a difference. Like, there's kind of no doubt about it, right?
3: You gotta be Scrooge McDuck for that stuff. You know. Quack, quack. But there's
1: also the know-how, the ear that somebody needs to have to be like, well... uh, you know, I've got this awesome microphone, but an if intern I don't, with it. If it I don't might not know what to do Put it that. where it needs to kind of sound good, like then it's not. So we have that and you know, a little bit about um what needs to happen, uh what sounds a little better than something else maybe. Mm-hmm. And yet we're still some some nobodies uh charging a pretty fair price for some well, it's, good sound things, you know, I think. There's yeah, <laughs> there's
3: like it's a low pressure environment. I want it to yeah. feel like that, especially in a big studio, you're charged by the hour. Right. You know, and we do that sometimes certain projects, but my philosophy is if you're going to pay me money, you know, definitely pay me after it's done, but I want you to be 110% happy with it. And mm. so, you know, it's it's definitely that and part of um having musical expertise to build upon. You know, I I believe that the ideas that you have are way more important than the gear you, you could yeah. ever buy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's part of just being a producer, mm-hmm. engineer. A just, song will carry yeah. if it'll carry. Yeah, the yep. whole Quincy we'll Jones philosophy. You know, the arrangements, everything. The yeah. you know, yeah, it's a, it's the a structure. It doesn't matter yeah. about all the bells and whistles.
1: Mm. Um, I think the other thing is we offer ourselves. I mean, if you need a if you need a drummer for your project, hey, I'll play for you. Yeah. <laughs> If you need a bass player, classical guitar player, Jay Z's right there. I
0: heard you just acquired a pedal steel player. <laughs>
1: <saying. That's, laughs> yeah, I how know many a guy. In yeah. town, I know hey, a yeah, guy. A pedal man. steel
0: player. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's something that if you go to a studio and you lay down this track and you're like, man, it really needs this.
0: You know? Are you gonna buy somebody else? Yeah, yeah. Are right. you gonna? I
1: mean, that can make or break a song, kind of like having a having a part and. And we we kind of have an ear for what it might need to to push it to the
0: next level that's good, you know, hopefully that's good well what what have been some kind of how long has this been officially i think a thing? you you said a couple of
3: years yeah as far as yeah, as far as labeling it you know um valwood studios and and being like, well, let's do this, let's do this really seriously, not just you know. Couple guys playing with toys, you know, like at <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'd say a couple of years cool, you know, and it's been pretty pretty steady climb. It's been, yeah,
0: take me through the highlight reel then of the past couple of years. Obviously, y'all've got this place. I know from your mind, it's probably still very much a work in progress, but it looks like I get the vibe like, hey, this is this is a recording studio, this is serious, I mean, but I think... like, what are some of your all's highlights of projects and
1: the acoustic treatment? It's pretty set, I think, mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah. You feel good. Yeah. It looks great. We've only bought very minuscule, like that piece right here, mm-hmm. I think is the only thing we bought in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We uh, did the rest ourselves. And it's, um, I should say, JT did most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I did. I just made it. Yeah. You thought <laughs> what uh, been a huge. So, help, what yeah. have been some
0: highlights of just like, I don't know things that you didn't think were going to happen or just experiences that have been great. Like, I just think it's cool when I first, I don't know how I like first stumbled upon you all doing stuff again. I think I might've texted you randomly about something. Um, and I was like, Whoa, you guys are doing it. And I think it was just really cool and affirming from my perspective of like, um, That same thing is like we've all grew up with like, hey, we love this. How am I going to make it work? And how many of our
3: friends are not doing that?
1: It Mm -hmm. blows my mind. I just feel like blessed to, yeah.
3: Like when I was sixteen, this is what I wanted. And And now it's here.
1: I'm going to keep working at it and to make it. You know, it's it's still happening, and I'm just doing it. I'm just, and I'm. It's like I'm. There's no other option, really. Yeah, like, it good. definitely feels that way for sure. I think one of the highlights was kind of like with with this my house and with this space, how it, like the outlets are all in like these perfect spots to w- what we needed. Um, we ran the snake from here, you know, through the roof to the 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 living the it's the live room, but it's the living room of what would be a house, um, and everything's just kind of like, you know, we got the mixing room here and uh, it just. Fell into place. It really. did. Fall, yeah. It
0: fell into place. It was really cool. Mm, that's good. Yeah. What about from a like, um, you know, like client perspective and stuff that y'all, you know, you've been improving and working on? Like, what's been really special about helping people release music? You were talking about that too, of like getting people past that finish line and realizing their ideas. What has been cool from that perspective? Uh, looking at some of these
3: different people you've worked with. Um, You know, especially with bands, it's the whole, you know, being the fifth member type thing, hmm. you know, f- being the glue, being the balance of like, well, you got four guys arguing about how to finish a song and then <laughs> yeah. you're the final answer for it. So um, we've been working with um, Rackhouse Mavericks, it's a local band. Um, They're putting together, you know, a full album. So That's sweet. It's been we've just nice. been doing it like one song at a time. Yeah. And it's been nice to grow... With that at the same time, because they want to do it slowly on a schedule, and um, you know, seeing all that come come through and see the progress that we've made with their songs, I think is uh very rewarding. Mm -hmm. I mean, a few um, a few projects where me and Drew are the band for you know, for the people, and I think that's that's especially fun, you know, because a little bit get a lot of control out of it, but you know, it's uh. It's the fun of playing in a band again, you know?
0: I think there's something special about that, too, that I didn't realize until kind of recently. I think almost every band I had been a part of, I had to be, like, a person who was making, like, executive decisions about things that were going on. Yeah, I mean, you were the leader of Godspeed, in and my I, mind. I, I also, <laughs> and, like, growing up, I've thought about that. I was like how did I always end up in that role? I was like, I never, sometimes I like really didn't want to be in that role. And like, especially the singer. When I was the singer, I was like, why am I the singer? I'm not a good singer. <laughs> I was like, well, he doesn't want to do it. And I'm better than that guy. So I guess I'm the singer. But like. With your long hair. That role. Yeah. Those locks. You too. I had good long hair. Luscious yeah. locks. Um, That role of like, doing your job for someone else's thing like I'm doing what they want to do and listening like that sounds good mm-hmm. like and it's like it's a little bit of me but it's mostly what they want mm-hmm. and I think that's something super fun too mm-hmm. uh that process as well and yeah, that's good so JT you've been kind of a uh now a person that I'm like Oh, I can ask him about DIY, like everything. So, (laughs) So, uh, and you mentioned that already. I mean, a lot of this room has been, especially the actual room has been very assembled by you, but even a lot of the gear. So what's some kind of first tips for somebody who, especially somebody maybe like me, right? That is super interested, but has never viewed themselves as handy. And then, like, I don't know, over the past couple of years, I'm like, oh, I'm fairly handy now. I'm like, look at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look at me, Mr. YouTube.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you know, you can call yourself an audio engineer, and still an engineer. <laughs> there you um, go. It's uh, it, for me, uh, s- speakers have been a fascinating project. I've mm. customized mine and it goes hand in hand with acoustics, which I've done DIY treatment with acoustics. Um teaches you a lot because the foundation of, Recording is physics, you know, learning about the science of how sound works is very, very rewarding and, and mm. uh will teach you a lot down the road um when it comes to mixing and everything else. So um when it comes to mixing, mastering, uh if you don't got have good speakers, I mean it's mm. it's driving a car with two wheels, you know. Well that's bicycle. That's uh, been my yep. recent uh
0: realization. It's like I think I hit the limit of of the monitoring system. Yeah. I now. mean, yeah.
1: me and JT have talked about it, and I think he he was like, "If you don't have a good monitoring system, it's like it's like looking
3: through a dirty pane of glass. Dirty pane of yeah, glass. I it's mean, so true. Y-
1: your ears need to know what it's going to sound accurate. like. And your ears as are as already across biased. The board. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, we got to get as good of a possible thing because your because mm-hmm. my ears aren't your ears aren't your ears aren't so. And the car test will humble anyone. Gosh, yeah. It's rough. Yeah. I don't know how many final eight final yeah, point, 27, yeah. point 27 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> had to do. I was like, man. And I was like, I thought this would get out by Halloween. <laughs> it's like we got the EP out by Thanksgiving. So oh man, that's good. So you all do a lot of different things in all your roles i mean we have guitar teching to djing to lessons to um studio and all these things so to the 16 year old version of yourself to the 14 year old version of yourself like what would you tell to encourage that person about like you know like hey don't give up or whatever what are what are some messages you think that person needed to hear
3: it's a continual journey, you know. Good days and yep. bad days. You know, you can't. You, it's, you're never going to say, "Oh, I'm there," <laughs> you know, because I'm looking. I'm still looking a year, five years, ten years in the future to to be like I want to be there mm. and feel good. Um, but it's it's a slow grind, you know. I I think we would talk about lessons and and you know going back to day one. Mm. Um, you have to love the the growth, mm. the grind the uh
1: and the growing pains yeah, yeah yeah i mean you know it's an effort
3: kind of but you know not toughen yourself up to them. but uh, if i had to sum it up i mean i'd say play with other people cuz you can lock yourself in a room and practice all day and i can say yeah you got to love to practice but if you're not bouncing I- ideas off of somebody else then um you know it's an echo chamber mm. you know scales don't make music no yeah it's so yeah, thankfully I got two, two of my uh, pillars of my musical childhood here. Isn't that weird? That's, this yeah, is still me, so weird. Me. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. so weird.
0: And I'm still just stunned. Like, man, look at us. Like, and especially when we broaden out to not even just the people that were in our musical circle, but then like all the people that we were in school with and things like that that were also, you know, doing musical things too. It's like. It's interesting. Like, I agree with you, Drew, because it's like, I mean, I don't know what else I would do. Mm-hmm. I literally, it's like, I mean, I could like get a job. Like you said, like, if I had to, I would go work at Costco for a few months or something, but then I would get back into music somehow. You know, oh, what yeah. I mean? like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be the final, it would be a step I, back. I mean, into I had
1: to it. get a, a little temp job over at, the bctc bookstore and um yeah during winter because i didn't have any dj gigs and stuff With you know especially with COVID. darn darn COVID, <laughs> um and i'm i'm already looking to my november december january right now of what's coming up and i don't really have any gigs and i'm like if i have to get another job it's gonna suck i don't like i only want to do music so it'll suck but I'll just do that until the music can pick back up again. True. You know? True. So there's, there's not other options like
0: Well so what would you tell? Little uh general pretty music much, LTMS uh, Drew.
1: Kind of JT's thing. Play with play with lots of other people. Mm-hmm. Um because the the live interaction or like that. It's a, it's just a whole different ball game.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? And just so organic. Uh,
1: yes, know? and the studio life is awesome, and you can, you can fine tune everything, and you can pick it apart, and be the perfectionist. Mm. That's uh, like a surgery room. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And we both love that. Me and him, and I, you, I'm sure you do too. It's awesome. It's yeah, just fun.
0: It's just a totally different, like, it's it's like. You know, I don't know if y'all have ever, uh, this, this uh, analogy, I've never fleshed this out before, but you know, the first time you ever saw like in an elevator, the first time you ever saw like the elevator shaft and you're like, whoa, that's what's there. It's that idea. No matter what it is, it's that idea of like. Behind the curtain. Whoa, there's a whole lot more. And I just get in the thing and press the button, you (laughs) know, I just press the button and I go to Two or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, that aspect is, is really fascinating. And I've, because it kind of ties in all the holes. It's like, oh, like that's what's, it's a, you know, music theory things are coming Mm -hmm. at me. I'm like, oh, so that's what a tritone substitution is. Or, oh, that's what, you know. And so all these things, I think, I don't know, I think arrogantly, I would have thought that like, you know, 20 something year old me, especially like 18 year old me or whatever would, or even just after college, I think I kind of assumed that I was not going to like, especially as a music therapist, that I was not going to grow that much more musically. But I look at myself now, I'm like, whoa, like, this is as good as you've ever been. Like you're still, it's the you're the 95 journey. bulls right now, man. You gotta <laughs> keep going. Uh, and I think it's just super energizing because uh, I listened back and it's like, yo, you're better than you were. Like, and that's super encouraging because even when it's like, ooh, you're a little pitchy on that song yeah. or like whatever. It's like, hey, but I still remember that Sixteen-year-old me put a cover of "Wish You Were Here" up on MySpace, and it was trash. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember even listening, and I was like, Ooh, I put this on the internet. So, man,
3: yeah.
1: I mean, our ears are kind of like you know, they say your taste buds change when you get older. Your ears change too. And I mean, just being able to be a young person using your ears to really, really dissect what's going on, whether you're playing with the group, whether you're in the studio hearing things coming out of your monitors.
0: It's like Mm -hmm. black and white to color TV. Yeah. Like it is literally, I was living in black and white TV for most of my life. (laughs) So it's crazy. So with that in mind, I always like to wrap up with, um, well, two things. Where do you all want people to find any of the stuff you're doing, do you want them just to look up Valwood or any other projects and things that y'all are doing? What This is your,
3: yeah, I put mean, it I, on a
0: billboard. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah.
3: Our main hub. Um, we got a website, Valwood studios, uh, V a L W O D. Dot com. Um, links to our Facebook, Instagram, all of that portfolio. Um, you know, that we try to keep everything updated as far as mm-hmm. what we're doing. Um, that, uh, you know we got a, a a lot of releases coming up, so yep. it's, uh, I'm
1: excited. That is exciting. That's Brianna super pastrano exciting. Jonathan Holbrook,
3: JT Word. Yep. Word. Uh, J- Rackhouse Mavericks. Rackhouse like you said. Mavericks. Um,
2: They're all yeah, a be lot Hopefully, releases stuff. coming yeah. up. Yep.
3: MW yeah. Hale on
0: vinyl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing we do will definitely be
3: here. Uh, we. We'd be tickled pink. Yeah, yeah, man. Without
2: a doubt. Yeah.
1: Without a doubt. Um, If people want to go check out my stuff, it's just com, And maybe you can put my name so they, they can see how to spell it. It'll be all in
0: the show notes. Yeah. They'll yeah. just click the links. Yeah. They can look at it right now. They might already have. <laughs> 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 well, that's good. Well, last thing is, why do you encourage people and why do you think it's important to make more music?
3: It, it feels your, good. <laughs> yeah, it's your emotional palate, you know. Mm. That's you gotta. You can't hold everything in. You gotta let your feelings out, and that's one of the best ways to do it. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it.
2: It just kind of grows you as a person. Um, music's just beautiful. So mm. it's all encompassing, and, it's all and we're
1: all different. So mm. we can, if we were each to write. Even like the same song, it would still sound different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, you literally gave people the same prompt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It would
1: every single one be different. Yeah. And so it's just like a little piece of you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was laughing. So I did an episode recently with Daniel Donato and he said, like in passing, he goes, I, don't know, but I kind of think music is the ultimate metaphor for life. And I don't know. I'm still wrestling with that. Right I was like, <laughs> yeah. that about summarizes that episode. That's the level we're at for about 95% of the time. So, I mean, so many of my
1: relationships in life are, are musical oriented and, and things like
0: that. my yeah, yeah. friends. Yeah. 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 I mean, so even I think the way. And knowing all of us, even I think the way we relate to our family, like our families of origin and stuff, it's like, man, music is a significant part of my history, like growing up, as well as my family's culture, as Mm -hmm. well as like the way I still relate to my mom Mm -hmm. or to my dad and stuff like that. So it's just interesting. Well... Congrats to any of you who have made it here to the, the episode. <laughs> for uh, three old amigos, we're going to say uh, give more grace, share more love, and make more music. <gasps> That's it. Thanks well, for that having was us. good. Yeah. yeah. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you enjoyed and want to learn more about the guests, their info is in the show notes, as well as how you can support the show. And the best way is to leave a rating and review and tell a friend. Anything else, if you want to make a donation, buy some merch, uh, follow us on Instagram, get in touch with me. You can all do that through the links in the show notes. But until next time, give more grace, share more love
2: and make more music.